0: Let's talk tools for managing triggers and relapse. Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery.
1: bread and butter stuff
0: today. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get back into the, like some of the older stuff. We, you and I really like to get into like the philosophical stuff. And we like to talk about like principles and, and things. Hey, but- if I
1: can, if I can get something that leads you to a poem and some tears, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the topic we I like to get into. Cause I get a poem out of you. You get a poem and the tears. You like to make me cry too. <laughs> Dad yesterday whipped out a poem and he was like memorized. I was like, man. Like father, like son.
0: Oh man. Chip off the old block. Yes, he was, yeah. he was given a talk in church and at the very end he just whipped out a poem and I was like, that's where, that's where I get it from.
1: Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Shout out to the old man.
1: It's beautiful. You should start writing some poetry.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I actually did write a whole bunch of poetry when I was in high school, like extremely depressed and like, you know, almost suicidal. Really? Yeah. Somewhere on one of mom and dad's like discs somewhere back at their, at their house, there's a bunch of like, Really depressing poetry that I wrote when I was in high school.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you know, it's that type of stuff that turns into a masterpiece. That's gonna that's, you like throw that in a book and it'll like, <laughs> it'll be like Picasso. It'll probably turn
0: into yeah. Like it'll depth the depths of your soul. <laughs> it's a, it's the a skeletons <laughs> in the closet is what it is, and yeah. at, at some point when it's really uncomfortable, it'll probably come to light. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, if you wrote it back then, you should write some now. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm challenging you. I want you to share one of your own poems on the podcast sometime. That's my challenge.
0: You, you already mocked me enough for other people's
1: poems. I, know, I would love your own poem. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. If you do that, I'll do that.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll go to
1: work on it. Then. Hey, you made me dance at the retreat, so <laughs> this is just, now will be even.
0: Oh man, that that by the way was like my favorite part of like the whole retreat. Probably is <laughs> is watching you go full out, wholehearted, full send on on dancing. <laughs> hey, because if you're,
1: gonna, you're gonna be a bear, be a grizzly, yeah, <laughs> jump into it.
0: <laughs> uh, you you did, and and it was a sight to behold. So it was awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, well. But, um, what well, should we get into it here?
0: Yeah, let's 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 get into it today. We're kind of going back to you and I were just kind of talking about how we have been having a number of episodes that have gone by without us actually giving some like tangible kinds of tools. And uh, we always get questions about what are some of the best tools to use to manage stress, to manage triggers, to handle relapse, to try to make sure that you you can maintain sobriety. And in our world, we often like almost hear that word sobriety and both you and I kind of almost shy away from it because we're like, ah, oh, like that's been too much of a focus for too long.
1: Yeah.
0: But in reality, there are some really important things towards sobriety and managing triggers. And and this could even be the trauma response triggers. And so today we're just going to swap back and forth a little bit on some uh, some tools and skills that we find to be beneficial for people. And hopefully there'll be something tangible that that our listeners can take away today.
1: Yeah, I I think that it's really cool. Uh, us as human beings, we have we have a really fascinating brain, where there's a space between stimulus and response, where we can actually create power to choose our behaviors and what we do. Uh, so oftentimes it doesn't feel that way. If I'm hungry and I smell the burger across the street, next thing you know, I'm in the line, I'm eating the burger. But the truth is, is that we do have that power. And if you practice a lot of these tools, you become um, stronger to actually be able to choose your behaviors. And so these are mindfulness tools. We're helping you go from your reptilian brain to your mammalian brain. And in your mammalian brain, that's where you have that power to choose. So yeah. do you want to start, Tyler?
0: Yeah, so yeah, the very first skill goes right along with what you're saying there, Brandon And this is one that, you know, every one of my clients has heard a thousand times before, but I think it's really beneficial and it is tied to the principles of mindfulness. And we call it, it's been called a number of different things, but we call it either riding the wave or surfing the urge, urge surfing, something like that. And what this skill is all about is it's actually learning to trust ourselves to manage a painful emotion or response or trigger by learning to get curious with it and lean yourself into it with with curiosity and a seeking for understanding rather than trying to avoid it or get rid of it so so in our world most of us have trained ourselves to shy away from anything that we would consider painful so if a trigger comes up it's like oh man i feel this urge to act out right now most of us we we default into, oh, this is bad. I need to and get rid of this feeling and I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And instead what surfing the urge is, is it's actually learning to pause and to become curious with what the actual experience is of the trigger that you're feeling. And so imagine like the, our emotions are like waves in the ocean and all our emotions are impermanent. That's why they're called emotions. They move, they change but we don't feel like they're ever gonna go away when we get caught on a really big wave of an emotion. You're just in it. You're in it. And the more that we try to like fight that big wave, the more likely we are to actually have it curl on us and turn us under and then bury us. And then we act out or we lash out or we do whatever, something reactive that we, that we regret later on. And this skill is about learning to understand emotion as a wave and to trust yourself to be on the surfboard On top of that emotion for as long as it's there while observing your experience on top of the wave. And the and the way that you do that is you go into the question of what is the actual experience that I'm having right now. So instead of going, oh no, we're gonna get rid of this, it's more like, oh, I'm experiencing a, a trigger right now, a really strong urge to act out. Oh, what is that what is that urge actually doing in my body? Well, I feel my face flushed a little bit. That's interesting. I feel my jaw kind of clenched and my neck, my my neck and shoulders are kind of tight. But I really mostly feel this like kind of like almost like open pit inside my chest that's like it feels like there's a magnetic pull wanting to draw me towards this, this acting out right now. Like, what is the actual experience of that pit in my stomach that I'm feeling right now? And how much does it consume inside my core? And where where are the extents of that pain? and then i can acknowledge that that's what i'm experiencing and then say the worst thing that this thing can make me do is feel and i can stay with this for as long as it takes because it is an emotion and eventually this will set me back down as long as i don't do something to to like
1: fight it i
0: yeah. can just
1: let it take its course you know Tyler it's interesting as you're talking i think the curiosity is the way to not get caught up in shame and fear and judgment uh, it's just you're curious that it comes up so so it helps you regulate emotion that curiosity does um instead of taking an emotion then amping it up with more judgment and shame and fear yeah. you're regulating yourself and then the observation um really is the the part of it that's taking you from your reptilian brain your limbic system your midbrain into that more conscious part of your brain, your frontal lobe, where you're able to, to obs- like really see it. So those observation skills are the skills that are getting you to that place where you have that power to choose. If you don't get yourself there, the limbic will take over and you'll just start to do things um, to deal with that emotion, behaviors that you might not want to do.
0: That's right. And and you can exercise, you can actually exercise that set of muscles that you're talking about, Brandon, of creating that space to observe and notice. And a lot of my clients when I teach this skill will say, but I'm trying to not, I'm trying to spend less time in fantasizing. And if I'm thinking about my fantasizing, and then it's like, actually know what you're doing is if you're in this place of fantasizing and then you become curious about what that experience is, you've actually taken yourself out of the fantasy because you're now curious about the experience of it, which then allows you to get into your body. It allows you to give credence to those emotions. And we know that emotions, once an emotion is identified and validated, it begins to dissipate. Oh,
1: when and you acknowledge it.
0: When you acknowledge it, when it becomes valid, it's when it actually starts to crest and then bring itself Way less back power. down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it is, it's a it's a really good skill. And there's a really simple way to practice this. You know, you can obviously practice it anytime you have a big, like strong emotion over something, but you can also just get yourself used to it by, you know, setting your alarm once or twice a day. And when it goes off, just do a quick scan of yourself, name the emotion you most primarily feel in that moment. And then just sit with it for 60 seconds or two or three minutes or five minutes and practice just observing the experience of whatever that emotion is in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three, four or five minutes later, you can set another alarm or whatever, and then you can just move on with your day. But, but practicing that actually allows you to then be skillful with it in the times when the emotions are pretty strong and big.
1: Yep. But it's interesting to, it's impulse control is what you're talking about. Is just stopping for a minute and sitting in it. We always talk about cold water immersion. Uh, that's what that is: is sitting in the discomfort. Uh, I think of women giving, you know, natural childbirth. I've never done that, but I know that one uh, from from what I've seen. One of the ways to do that is to just observe the waves come uh, of pain and just watch those waves of pain come. And if they fight it or they resist it or they don't want it, then it's much more intense and much more difficult. Um, It's the same principle that you're talking about. And you know, you're talking about, you know, oftentimes, with somebody struggling with addiction, they have an emotion and immediately, with that emotion comes this, this, well, here's your numbing mechanism, go to the pornography, go to this, go to that. And really, you're trying to get, you're trying to work your way down of like, oh, I want to go look at porn and masturbate. Well, why? What's underneath Why?
0: What's going on in my body? I'm feeling really bored.
1: I'm bored and I'm stressed at the same time. Huh. Now I'm going to sit in that boredom and that stress and just observe that. And the worst thing that can happen is I'll feel that pain of that bored and that stress, right?
0: Until it passes and it will pass. And it
1: will pass if I sit in it.
0: Mm -hmm. No, no. with that, it does become difficult. You know, I remember early on in my own recovery one night, I got this ache to just act out, like just urge, like as strong as I've ever felt. And I'm laying in bed, it's like 10 at night. And I just thought to myself, if I get out of this bed, I know that I'm gonna go act out. Mm. And so I laid there all night and I've been learning all this stuff, you know, that we're teaching right now. And I thought to myself, I probably am not gonna sleep tonight, but I can't get out of bed because I know I'll act out. So what am I gonna do? And I I did this skill and it was so hard and it lasted almost all night to the point that I didn't sleep at all. And then the next day I was tired at my job, but finally I got home that the night afterwards and was like, I made it. Like, And and the and the urge had then subsided at that point for a minute and I was in some respite and I was able to sleep that night. And then a couple of days later, the same thing happened again, but this time I my brain actually caught it and was like, well, even if you don't sleep all night tonight, Tyler, you've done it before, you know, you can do it again and it's gonna be okay. And And all of a sudden, just that reassurance and that trust with self added to that riding of the wave started to dissipate it even faster because yeah. it was like, "Oh, yeah, like you know, I did have a rough day at work, and I am stressed about these things in my life, and it makes sense that I'm being triggered right now. I can sit with this, and I can address maybe these couple of factors that are legitimate. I can now maybe address those things too, because I become aware of
1: them right I you know as <laughs> so you're thinking. I I don't know why I'm having this thought and I don't want to take us off too far, but um, horny is a trigger. So what, and what I mean by that is we always talk about stress, boredom, uh, like you get horny and you can sit in that discomfort too. Yeah. Um, You don't have to act on it. You don't have to act on it. You notice it comes in waves. You can deal with it. You can do what you want with it. And that's, that's, you know, you mix horny with boredom and stress and all that stuff. Then you got a cocktail of -hmm. discomfort where the limbic system is coming in saying, okay, like, we know the solution. Yeah. Take it. It's so easy. Just go take care of this. So, so, so easy. And that's where you can get really, really good at being like, wow, look at this cocktail. This is, this is interesting.
0: Yeah, man. There's a lot here. And what do I have control over?
1: And what do I need to surrender? Yeah, I can observe this, I can see it.
0: I can step myself back into the serenity prayer now and say, okay, well, these parts I have to let go of, but these are the factors that are actually legitimate that I can do something about, and
1: I'm gonna be okay, like it's gonna pass. I remember, Tyler, I was stressed with work. Um, It was just a really hard day. My kids would not go to bed. And they just wouldn't go. They wouldn't do any chores. They wouldn't go to bed. And I was ready to explode. Just <laughs> yell. Like I was so done. And before I did, I like stepped into my bedroom and I closed the door and I breathed. I just took some breath for a little bit. And I I surfed the trigger and I just sat there. And I just observed how how amped up I was getting. And I I observed how tired I was, how stressed I was about some other things going on in life. I observed how I wanted to take it out on my kids in that moment and just sat in it. And and then I opened the door and what do you know, I was such a better dad and just regulated in order to help my kids go to bed that night. And I just share that example because this isn't always about acting out sexually. This is about regulating your emotions in general.
0: Yeah. Getting curious with the experience of the emotion. Yep. Really good. Yep. Well, Brown, hit me with
1: one. What's, what's one of your tools? Well, I'm going to hit you with one that is, is so basic and um, just so simple that it's, it's almost sounds stupid that I'm sharing it as a tool, Okay, Um, but I'm sharing it as a tool intentionally because it's so powerful and so important and so good. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a phone call. That's, that's a reach out. Um, so when you're triggered, and and I'm talking when you're triggered to act out sexually, or when you're triggered to step into control as a partner and you're amped up in your anxiety, or whatever it is, uh, reaching out has an effect on you, uh, a far more reaching effect than you m- might even realize. And when you call somebody, you do a couple of things. One, you now have somebody in your corner, so you're not alone, so you get out of isolation. Um, two, when you say something out loud, you actually acknowledge something and you say it verbally, it actually moves it from your midbrain into your front frontal lobe, where you're able to say, this is what's going on. And you can see things more clearly. You can also get feedback and you also get accountability. So you come out of the dark into the light. And so you're not just alone dealing with your own stuff. And so, for all of those reasons, a simple phone call can can save the day and be huge.
0: I I 100% agree with you, and it could be a phone call or some of my groups use other apps, Marco Polo or Voxer or whatever else. And I and I love your explanation of why it's a bit beneficial. I actually want to go even a little bit more nuts and bolts with this, Brandon, because I know that a lot of our listeners right now are going, Yeah, yeah, I've heard that a thousand times, but. What do I say? Like, what? What does a what does a phone call actually? What does a reach out actually? What's a healthy reach out actually look
1: like, or sound like, or or feel like? Well, Tyler, you mix what you just, the tool you just shared, surf surf the trigger, with a phone call. You've got a pretty awesome tool going on. So as you're observing, and oftentimes the phone calls are lame. Oftentimes, people will do them because in their group, they were told that they needed to do a phone call. So they call someone, they're like, hey, yeah, um, I'm I'm stressed. Okay, bye. Yeah. But, but when you have a support system that knows you so well and loves you so much, and you can call them and say, I freaking want to yell at my kids right now. I'm so stressed. I'm so tired. I'm just so done. And that other person says, I've been there. I know how that is. Yeah. Um, how do you really want to react here? What do you really want to do? So they hold that space, but they also kind of help you through it. So so what you want to do when you reach out is you want to really get honest and you want to get vulnerable. Um, I've had guys in my groups call a group member at three in the morning and say, kind of like the night you were just describing, dude, I've been laying here for three hours and I, I want to masturbate. I want to look at porn so bad. That's where I'm at right now. And that other dude on the other end of the line at three in the morning's like, dude, I just woke up, but thanks for calling me. Yeah, I'm glad you called. <laughs> thanks for calling me, man. Like I appreciate that that I'm safe enough for you to call me right now. And you just said that. So, so the guy who said that the other guy doesn't need even, even say that much on the other end, he's just waking up. But the guy who said that has now used a massive tool to help him out of that dangerous situation.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of us like a oh, quick story kind of ar- around this tool. I remember several years ago, I had a client who was pretty all in on his recovery. Like he was trying to do it all right. You know, he was, he was engaged and I got this text message one, one night, it was like maybe nine 30, 10 at night from him and was like, I'm really struggling right now. I really don't want to mess up, but I'm feeling like really close to the edge right now. So I got on the phone with him and I called him and talked him through it. Did I probably taught like the ride the wave skill or something else with it with him? And then afterwards I said, Have you called anybody else in your group? He's like, No, no, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna tell me to call someone in my group, but I can't do that. I like that's why I called, that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, Well, why can't you do that? And he said, Well, I don't know what to say. Like, what do what do I say? <laughs> And I said, well, let's, let's role play right now. So I'm, I'm like, Hey, like, like, hello. He's like, Hey, it's so-and-so like, we'll, we'll, we'll call him John. Like, Hey, Hey, let's it's John. Oh, Hey John. I haven't ever talked to you before, man. What's going on? I'm glad you called. Well, uh, 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 <laughs> I, I'm well, I'm stuck because I'm feeling really triggered right now. And I want to act out. Oh, well, I'm so glad you called. Let's talk through it. Like what's, what's going on right now? Like. You stressed? You bored? Like, what's happening? You have a fight with your wife? Like, no, no, I had a really rough day at work. And I'm really stressed about finances because there's just not enough to make ends meet. And I'm just feeling so much pressure. And man, I'm having such a rough day. And pretty soon I'm talking to him about his rough day and all of his other stuff. And then at the end of the phone call, I'm like, so so that's what's gonna happen is you're gonna say hi. He's going <laughs> to say hi. You're going to say I'm struggling. He's going to say tell me about it. You're going to tell him about it. He might share that he's struggling too or he might show some empathy and then by the end of our call he's like, "Man, I feel so much better right now." Yeah, there it is. And I'm like, "Oh, well, there that's all it. that's all it would take. All it takes. That's all it's that's all it would take. A little bit of
1: support, take. a little bit of love and, and the and, and, and the courage and, to do the reaching out, which then leads all to right. mindful mindfulness on the part of the person struggling. That's right. And and, and then all, they also know, you know, they go lay back down in bed and maybe the trigger comes up again. They're like, hey, I already talked to so-and-so. They know I'm here. Like they're with me through, the, through this whole thing now because yeah. I talked to them about it. Um, simple tool, Tyler, but very powerful. This tool, it requires more than just that phone call though. It requires, like you might be listening to this thinking, I have nobody to call. Well, then you need to go create that recovery capital or that that support system, so that you have people to call, you have people to reach out to who can hold that space for you.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. And and I, I think a modification of this one, Brandon. Before we move on to my next one, is um, there is some merit, even though I like, I really like one-on-one connection with people. I think there's a lot of merit in that. There is some merit to even just I've had clients before call me and say, hey. I know you can't answer right now, but I'm just going to leave a voicemail. And then they leave like a three minute voicemail before my phone cuts them off. And at the end, inevitably they always go like, ah, oh, no need to call back. I feel better now. I just need a place to speak it. Yep. You know, yep. and and just them knowing that I'm going to receive a message and have heard them and yep. that they've been able to speak it. And that they've had a landing spot sometimes is even just a good starting point for that.
1: Yep. And text to go along with that Marco Polo, text is a blessing and a curse text is awesome because it's just a quick little, Hey, this is where I'm at. Or, but if, if, if you rely on text to not be vulnerable in your recovery, that becomes problematic. And so text is awesome. Cause it's easy and it works. And it's, you know, I've seen groups do things like they'll text out, Hey, I need a phone call right now. Can anybody talk? So that's good. Yes. You know, like, Hey, I need, and then, usually two or three guys that, Hey, call me. I'm good. You know? Um,
0: I think text is like, I think text becomes an even more powerful and useful tool at the level of the intimacy of the relationship already. So yeah, if I'm, if I've already got like a best friend, like I could text you and because our relationship is so much deeper than just the text, that text will be valuable for me. Whereas if I don't have a relationship with you and I'm throwing out the text to just kind of like, say that I did it. Yeah. There's there's not as much intimacy in that relationship. And so it's not going to be quite as valuable, even though it's still a good skill to use. Yep. Yep. You no, know? that's a good point. So, oh. all right. What do you got next? Okay. Here's my next one. This is going to be more of a, this is going to be something that can be really valuable in a crisis, but it takes some legwork before the crisis to set it up. Okay. So, and it's, it's called the build mastery skill. And this goes into like a wholehearted recovery generally, but then becomes its own crisis survival tool if it's being cultivated. And what this means is is that I need to take a look at my life and I need to make a decision on one or two things that I'm going to commit some level of time and energy and resource to for the sake of simply building mastery at it. Um, So in my world, one of mine right now is, is that I've, there's a couple of places where I'm trying to build mastery. One is, is my understanding of hunting and firearms. And the other one you, is in... you redneck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, which, and, I, and... which I
1: love because I'm benefiting <laughs> from it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and, and if you call me redneck for that, my other one is, is training my dog, like learning how to, <laughs> learning how to train my dog to be like fully obedient and also to, to hunt birds the way that she was designed to do that. Right. Now, now people are going to be listening, and going like, but how does that help in like a in a really hard time, or like when you're really crisis, or when you're triggered, or like? And here's how it works: one is is that you're you're doing the day to day by putting time and energy into becoming better at something, and as you become better at something, you gain confidence, you gain competence, you gain sort of like positive emotions that are being poured into you, and it also reinforces. Down at the core, some of your identity just on the day to day basis. So, number one, you're going to be less likely to be as triggered when you're doing that kind of work already. It's like a proactive thing that's stopping it. But then, when things go wrong, you know, let's say I come home and have a really bad day at work, and then I walk into like a situation where my wife is highly triggered and I, I blow up and I don't quite hold space the way that I want to. And I'm feeling like so crappy about myself. And then I want to have this urge to want to go act out or do something that I regret. One of the places that I'm going to fall back on is just mentally first, man, as much of a failure as I've been today, at least I'm really good at blank. Right. Like I, at least I know how to train a dog. Or at least I know how to like, huh, like hunt or understand like which rifle scope I'm going to buy next because I've done the research and I, there's something about me that I can appreciate because I've been building mastery at it. Yep. Right. The other thing that it does is it it can be the actual fallback to do the grounding itself. So if I'm in a big fight with my wife, I've had a rough day at work. Man, grab my dog, go for a run, and do a little bit of training. And now I bought time. I'm getting grounded and i'm and and i'm created a little bit of space for myself to to kind of grab a hold of that space you were talking about earlier where i get to decide my next move rather than just automatically yep. like and if I, if I haven't been building mastery in my life that option isn't there in my mind or available logistically in that crisis moment
1: it's a win win tyler like what you're talking about is doing something fun and that makes you feel alive, that really helps and supports your recovery. So it's like, why don't why don't you do that? Why don't people do that? And it's because they're in ruts because they just do the same thing again and again. Uh, I, I met with a couple. Um, they came to one of my groups, they came to a foundational group that I ran. Great couple. And he was he was a really nice guy, really humble, good guy. But then I didn't see him for like three years. And his wife came in after 3 years and she she said i really need to work on myself because my husband's amazing and he's in solid recovery and i just want to know how to work on my my intimacy issues cuz i want to be closer to him and i thought well what like he hasn't been going to any groups i haven't seen him for therapy how could he be doing well yeah <laughs> and she and and i actually kind of asked her that and she said you know what he did he started a hobby farm and he raised rabbits and he has an awesome garden. And and I don't think it was cross-addiction-y. I think he actually started to build some mastery in his life. And it shifted every it had massive effect on him. Um, because he felt a sense of purpose. He had a good grounding outlet in his life, and he had he had somewhere he could go to. He 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 created a serene, beautiful place in his yard that he could go to. So um I love this one Tyler.
0: It's a great example. You, you know, I I think of one of my favorite examples of this. Shout out to my friend Dallin from long 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 time ago. He came in, did recovery work, you know, did really really well, got out. And I bumped into him a couple of years after he was done with treatment with me and he said he was doing really really well with his life and stuff and I said, well, what's the biggest factor that's helped you to kind of be successful after treatment? And he said, the build mastery skill. And he said, when when you told me that right at the beginning of recovery work, I decided that I wanted to learn about horses. So I started watching YouTubes and reading books on horses. And then I actually went and worked for a summer doing like part-time work for a farmer building his fence. And at the end of the summer, I tra- I did my trade for the work that I did for one of his horses and I got a hold of a horse. And then I started training my horse every day. And eventually he got so into his horse that he eventually was able to train his horse to where he was able to go take it to a, a competition and actually won a competition on his horse. Yeah, that's horse. awesome. And, and I said, well, that's so incredible. And I said, here's the benefits to it. One is that it took my time and my energy and put it into a place that I had passion for. And it gave me a sense of purpose And that's where I would have gotten otherwise into trouble with my downtime. Two, I built confidence in who I was. And I actually knew that I was good at the horses to the point then, this is what's so cool about it, that he turned around and started actually giving lessons to other people- That's awesome. Because he becomes so good at the horses. So now he's building connections. He's also offering his expertise, which which then allows you to feel like you're making a difference in the world. And then he said, and then something about the horses themselves was so therapeutic to have to manage my emotions to have to like be grounded in the ways that I needed to be grounded to work with my horses it taught me to regulate my emotions and and then he listed off like several other reasons why this one skill had changed everything in his recovery and um and so I I think it's a I think it's a way underrated skill a skill that isn't taught very often but it's one of the most powerful skills that
1: that I've experienced
0: in my own recovery
1: I'd like to give a little caveat. And, and the caveat is this um anything can be out of whack, anything can be out of balance. Sure. Like I, I met a I met a woman who was like excessively going to church in the temple, and uh, that's a good thing. Um, so when we talk about build mastery, we're talking about working something into your life that really works into that life balance. Um, you know, if I'm mountain biking all day long, Tyler, <laughs> yeah, right, and, you know, I'm not doing bad things, right? but I might be if I'm mountain biking that much. And so I have the the skill, I have the mastery that I can go to, but I keep it in equilibrium. It's in balance in my life.
0: Yeah, it needs to be done in some ways in moderation. You know, I one of my best friends, he'll know, know who he is when I'm talking about him, but he he's in recovery himself. And he almost every single day from like 5 PM till dark goes fly fishing. Mm. And to me, that's like almost like cross addiction esque because he still has a family and kids and wife and other, other parts of his life. And now totally doesn't get noticed because every single day he's building mastery on the river
1: right He's probably catching right. a lot of fish
0: and he's amazing like i can't tell you the things that i learned you know? right right <laughs> but,
1: but you you
0: enjoy it <laughs> oh yeah like i take i take full advantage of that right um but the, it can go too far so you're right there is a good caveat with that but but i think that that's why doing the work and the wrestle with that identity piece of us and who and how god sees us is important because unless god comes to me and says tyler you are the world's like finest dog whisperer i need you to spend 70 hours a week training your dog right i'm probably going to get more like no you really need to go train your dog but do it for a couple hours a week right you know
1: yep right yep um do we have time for one more
0: yeah
1: do one more brandon got one more okay um this is I. who was it benjamin franklin maybe the the ounce of cure uh (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. An ounce, of, an ounce of, prevention of prevention is worth
0: a pound of cure.
1: Yeah. You got it. Thanks. <laughs> I knew you'd have it. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's not quite poetry, but
1: <laughs> um, so this is a prevention tool. Um, So you're getting ahead of it. And uh, you know, there's, there's tools for prevention. There's tools for winning in the crucial moment. And this is a prevent preventative one. It's just setting up some structure in in your recovery. And staying away from the murky waters, uh, staying away from the swamps or the cliff that, that you don't want to fall in. And it's setting some boundaries for yourself. We call them bottom lines, uh, black and white boundaries. You can't really leave much gray or else you'll you'll talk yourself out of them. So here's an example. Um, a bottom line of mine might be, I'm not going to be on the computer Um after ten o'clock at night, uh, that's just a bottom line. No matter what, the, every email can wait until the morning at ten o'clock. It's just not an option to get on that computer. Um, I've seen spouses set bottom lines around not jumping into their partner's recovery. um I'm not gonna I'm not going to ask him for his phone you know, ever. Like that's a bottom line. I'm not going to ask him to look through his phone because he needs to build trust with me. So I'm not going to jump into that. Um, that's just an example. So just some hard, um, bottom lines. Now on the back end of it, um, you can have good intentions to keep these boundaries. That's all fine and dandy, but you need two things on the back end of it. You need some accountability and support. So that's what I was talking about earlier when you break one of those bottom lines you you need to be you need to tell somebody hey, it's a
0: non-negotiable that it needs to be reset
1: and talked through with someone it might seem like such a little deal that i was on that computer at 1002 like eh, i got off at 1003 but your bottom line was 10 your bottom line was 10 i know this sounds rigid but what we're doing is we're trying to take seriously um this thing so that you're not slipping down that slippery slope so 10 o'clock, uh, you know what? I did get off at 10.03 and I'll tell my support person, hey, when I noticed it was 10.03, I got I got off immediately. But I need to tell you that you I need broke that bottom line because that bottom line is a big deal. And we're worried about this this boundary here because it's protecting me from the bigger consequence thing that I don't want to do. Um, so some, some accountability. The other thing is you need some consequence. And I, I, I noticed I didn't say punishment. So yes. you don't want to get in the habit of punishing yourself. And it's not a shame thing either. Not a shame thing. But let's say I, I, I get on and I, I'm, I'm on till three, and I realize I'm just not mindful. Like I'm not mindful of my time. I'm not mindful of what... So you know what I'm going to do? My consequences for the next week or the next three days, I'm going to practice 10 minutes extra more of mindfulness. Um, I'm just going to meditate, breathe, practice extra mindfulness because I'm struggling with mindfulness. I committed to ten. I got off at 10:03, and the reason was I just I wasn't I spaced it. I wasn't present. So the consequence meets the the crime, and it helps you address why you broke that, and you learn and you grow from it. So this 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 skill is it's just a boundary, but there's a lot connected to it. It has to do with working a uh, full recovery.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's important, Brandon, because I think a lot of our listeners probably have heard of this this type of a skill before, but it's important to understand the underpinnings for this, the skill, which is <clears throat> number one, you're trying to alter the, the power of the habit pattern by having these bottom lines in place where you decide to put them. And I wanna come back to that in a second. Yeah. Number two, you're practicing accountability. You're practicing humility because you're being real with yourself about where your strengths and your weaknesses are, and you know that there'll need to be some changes, even if they seem simple and stupid, it takes humility to do that. Accountability, there's also connection in that because when I reach out and recommit to things, I'm connecting with somebody else in addition to the accountability that I'm doing, right? And, And the other thing that I'm doing is I'm actually practicing integrity. Uh, and, and, and right at the core, I, that's why I like the line of defense it, yeah. or bottom line is so important is because I'm actually reinforcing principles of wholehearted living. I'm getting like five principles of wholehearted living while at the same time, avoiding my relapse all through this one skill. If yep. I do it, if I do it properly now, I want to reiterate that this isn't a shame based thing. We nope. think that if we, if we hit a bottom line, you know, I remember when I was trying to stop drinking soda a few years ago. And I think you actually told me on the phone after like uh, several times of telling you, you're like, "Dude, are you actually going to follow through on this or not?" <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm, I'm one to talk because <laughs> <Like, laughs> I kept going in my at bottom line not to go into the gas station at all because <laughs> as soon as I walk in, my mouth waters for that like sixty four ounce Dr. Pepper yeah, or whatever. yeah. And you're, you're like, but to but to have that, number one, that's reinforcing the change in the habit. But number two, it's like I needed that. I needed yeah. that from you to say, Hey, look, I'm happy to take a phone call, but like, right. <laughs> if like you're that, not going to, you you're gonna not going to take it seriously. Like, what are you going to do differently this time? Right. Yeah, you know, right. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's right. And then it was started to carve that out. And it sent me on a trip to where I actually didn't drink soda for several years until the, the more recently where I relapse at every family party we go to. <laughs> um, right. But, but no, so, so those principles are really, really important, but they're not shame based their recovery-based principles yes um i do want to speak to a little bit of to like how to find the right bottom line or the you know the right lines of defense here it's to find to start with finding any behavior or outcome in your life that's repeating itself that that isn't helping you or serving you yeah so it might be around my fear cycle with the trauma that i've experienced and Oh man, I've got these really long antenna now where I have to go check everything all the time. Yep. It's like, okay, that outcome is taking all of my energy. It's it's wearing me out. It's making yep. me resentful. Okay, I need to change that somehow, right? Or I'm acting out and I tend to act out, you know, mostly when I'm by myself and I really have, actually, if I'm really honest with myself, I have terrible habits when it comes to managing just my technology in general, Right. So then once you find the behavior that's, that you don't want to do anymore, or the outcome in your life that keeps producing itself, you actually backtrack further up the line yeah. to a pivotal point that you have control over that you can make a change over that is going to be easier because you still have willpower than the actual behavior itself. Yep. So if I want to stop looking at porn and I happen to do it all the time when I'm by myself and I usually do it when I, scroll social media or YouTube for a while, till I'm bored or play video games for a while. And then I end up slipping and having that mess up. I need to back all the way up and say, I need to take a look at how I'm managing my internet. Maybe I need to stay away from endless scrolling for a while, or maybe I need to not be on the internet when, unless it's in a public place, or in my case, I actually took the internet off my phone for a few years because I just didn't want to spend all my time numbing out, even though I may not act out on the phone. once you find that place further back, you have more willpower, and it's easier to hold that smaller line than it is the bigger one,
1: yep. You want to put the barriers around the around the danger zones. and And a lot of times you don't even realize what the danger zones are, and you want to get as conscious as you can. i mean the 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 behavior, the behavior that you don't want, that starts long before the behavior comes. And the further you can get to where it starts and closer to where it starts, The better you're gonna be able to control your behaviors. So that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I've seen, I've seen people put bottom lines like, I have to be in bed by 10 o'clock. And you look at that, it's like, what? Like, what how's that a bottom line? And they realize that fatigue and tiredness and a lack of sleep is a huge danger zone for them. And getting into bed at night matters. So, their bottom line is, I've got to get I got get my rest. yeah, I can't sit and watch TV until midnight because that sets me up the next day to fail. So this bottom line is really important for me. And yeah. that could be that could be looked at as a daily, more of of self-care. but it, you can come to it from the angle of a bottom line as well, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. and I think I
0: think for one of the things that's difficult for people is because they seem small, because, me getting to bed at a certain time seems small or I shouldn't have to do that or all, that, all those other shoulds and shouldn'ts come in. It doesn't, this line doesn't feel true when it actually is. And this line is, I need to go to bed at 10 o'clock. I need to not have the internet on my phone right now. I need to, because my life depends on it. It's huge. And what I mean by that is my life, the way that I was designed to live it depends on these little things because these little things are the gateway into the big things that are causing me to stumble.
1: Yeah. And if my life depends on it. Yeah. Those little things make a huge difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, But we don't think that at the time.
0: No. Well, and, and because the world says, yeah, well, whatever, like, it's okay for you to like, you can take
1: your phone in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, come on. You're like, you're just man. going in there to go to the bathroom. You'll be <laughs> out in three minutes, just taking yeah. it. What? But the guys that we work with are like, you know, setting it on the nightstand or giving it to somebody while they go in the bathroom and it looks crazy to the world, completely crazy, but they know what they're doing. They're just keeping a bottom line. They're just, uh, you know, they're committed to it. They're keeping that bottom line. And, and they get all the benefits from it.
0: And they're doing it for all of the other principles and not just the sobriety. They're doing it for the integrity. They're doing it for the humility. They're the doing discipline. it because the accountability. They're doing it because they have a life that they want to be living that's more intentional. Like, And because of that, now that little thing that looks so stupid actually means a lot more.
1: And it looks stupid because it's prevention work. They might not yeah. even be triggered at the time. And maybe it didn't make a difference that one time they did it but it right. did make a difference. It makes yes. a huge difference because of the, of the commitment. This has been good, Tyler. This has been good. fun. It's good to get back to some of the basics. Hopefully this is
0: helpful for uh, you know a lot of you guys who are listening. Um, put them to use, give them a try. And and we'd love to hear some of the feedback on what's working for you, what's not. So If
1: you just take one of these tools and implement it, it will change your life. Uh, so don't overwhelm yourself, but hopefully you don't just listen and like, yeah, that's a good idea. Actually go follow through and actually do something different. Thanks you guys. Have a good one. See ya.